What's up, everybody? We back on episode 32, and we got the legend Flex from Begatrix Crew, yo. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, so we back. Yo we, yo, we back from the Connor fight, bro. That was the last thing that happened because we did record it before on yesterday because you were supposed to do it yesterday, but we came back from after the Connor fight, yo. Yo, crazy, crazy thing that happened, yo. What happened, James? What happened to your boy? My boy lost his fucking ankles, bro. Man, I got crossed up. Man actually got crossed up. He crossed himself up, lost his ankles. But it was a good ass fight, yo. Thankfully, he didn't actually lose, so his career's still intact. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's what the Connor fans would say, yo. But you know, yeah. like he, he came out. He came out strong with the kicks. Like unlike the last, the, the second time he fought Pori, came out with the boxing stance. I like that. That's yeah. what I see there. I think a lot of people misunderstand Connor. I mean, like. I really, if you look at some of the interviews and stuff he does, like, he, I don't think he's a disrespectful guy. I think he just does what he does to sell the fight. And then people, they, they take that as like, yo, this guy's disrespecting me. But, like, because he does that, you're getting paid more. I mean, the UFC got bigger when yeah. he was there. You know what I mean? So, yo, he, he, he is where he is because of what he, but because of how he, like, sells the fight and, like, what he says. Exactly. So that's, like, I guess, like, he, he was bringing it back against Poirier. I, I feel like definitely some of it was more personal this time because, especially when you lose, when you lose, you're definitely a lot more bitter. But, you know, that just yeah. adds extra spice for the fight. And then, like, I'm pretty sure it will reflect on the pay per view. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah just... not, yo. It, was it was sad, like seeing someone's ankle break. That's not fun. This was like the third time it happened, I think. Yo, it's, yeah, it's been a lot of like gonna happen. Right? Yeah, yeah, Weidman, Silva, and O'Connor that I know of. Yo, it all came from leg kicks, bro. The rise of leg kicks, yo. The leg kick meta, yo. There's a it's getting nerfed, bro. That's what happens, yo. Yo, and like in breaking, bro. If the, if there's a top rock meta, bro, you're gonna see more ankles being rolled, yo, because that, that's probably where you roll your ankles <laughs> during top rock. <laughs> Thank God. Thank Top God rock no does matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, yo. So yo, enough UFC talk. Let's get it back to breaking. Yo, yeah, we fuck got the legend flex, that. bro. Yo, we gotta talk about more about weird. breaking, yo. This is what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about my boy right here. We're gonna fucking win this fucking match. I know this is live. <laughs> this is a live stream, so I don't know what happened yet. Right now, fucking bitch ass England is up by one. But you know that's not gonna. It's not gonna stop us, bro. You can't stop the Forza Italia. Get out of here. You fucking Anglo-Saxons, get out of here, bro. We're gonna. <laughs> I went to like I went to Senator O'Connor, which is a high school on the border of like uh, North York and uh, Scarborough, and it was all Italian basically. So like I, I was into freestyle music during high school, which is kind of like every song sounds like Planet Rock except some girl singing over it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yo, speaking of that, right yo, yo, so like, so how, so flex, yo, how, how did, how did you get into breaking? Like, when, what, like, when did you get into breaking? Um, well, okay, I love dancing of all kinds since I was like a, like a kid. I've been dancing. My parents always told me that. Um, the first dancing I ever did was like, um, you know, I heard of Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta and stuff. Yeah. When I was like yeah. a little kid, like I guess five, six years old, I was like copying that, and I used to, they used to dress me up, and I used to do that disco <laughs> thing. <laughs> You're gonna. <laughs> Yeah, then after that, I pretty much, um, I was like 10, like 10 years old, and I was in like elementary school, and breaking came out around like 83, 84, and I was doing that as well, so I was breaking back in the 80s, and then, but to be honest, I don't I don't tell people, yo, I've been breaking since the 80s, because mm -hmm. in the 80s, people that did it in the 80s kind of did it as like a fad, you know what I mean, and they didn't continue it after the fact, 
So like, mm-hmm. why am I gonna include something I just did at the time, which I didn't even know what I was doing? I was a kid. I, I had a windmill back then, though. <laughs> uh, yes. that. But um, I don't include that in my time. Then after that, I went to like I guess hip hop, the way they say hip hop dancing or freestyle dancing. Uh, that was pretty big. And then I went into house because when I hit high school, house music is where all the girls were at, and that's where I went to house <laughs> dancing. But then when I hooked it up, when I met up with Gizmo and those guys, I went to a club called RPM, and I saw them breaking. I'm like, wait a second. I used to break. I used to hip hop freestyle. I could do this. So I started doing that as well. I didn't join the crew right away. Um, I was dancing with a guy named LJ and Desmond. And those guys, um, they're from a crew called Bad Example. And um, even they used to dance with Frankie and Derek. Those are the guys that were bigger than Bag of Tricks before Bag of Tricks. They were like freestyle dancers. And they could break as well, but they were freestyle dancers. True. Mm-hmm. So, wait, so sorry, I guess quick question. Uh, so back then, you know, for like breaking or like, uh, so back then, what, what was like breaking more, de- was it defined in the 80s? Was it like, oh, th- these are breaking moves or is it kind of like put together with like popping and locking? Kind of, you know, how, like, yeah, back no, then? <laughs> yeah, in the 80s, if you looked at I, the kid, I just had to watch the movies that were on there and anything that had breaking in it. And I copied that. So basically, I didn't realize popping and breaking were separate. And even when I started back in the 90s, I was doing it again. I had both of it, so I got to just put them both together. Like, if you look at my Rap City uh, shoot in 94, as a joke, I start off and I do a wave, and then I start top rocking. Just as a joke, just to show <laughs> I used to do both of them, right? So, sure. hmm. YouTube before YouTube. Yeah. So while we're speaking of that, so back in the day, um, so Bega Tricks was like the first big crew out of Canada. Pretty much. Um, yeah, well, as I was saying, in the early 90s, everybody used to hip-hop freestyle dance, right? Or just I, I hate saying hip-hop because hip-hop is a culture, but that's yeah. the way it was labeled everyone kind of says. The same way that yeah. I'm a breakdancer, I'm a b-boy, that kind of stuff. So mm. people were, were freestyle or hip-hop dancing, and people used to add certain breaking moves too, but it wasn't like you'll see the guy do a bunch of six-step footwork. It was kind of like they pop, then they go to down, do a windmill, pop up, and then start popping again. It wasn't mm. really like a complete thing. Like, Bag of Tricks was the first crew to make it like, hey, we're a, a, like a breaking crew. Like, we actually, we top rocked a bit, then went straight down, and we're on the ground doing, like, patterns and stuff. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's the first one since the 80s. So, like, the 80s had breakers back then, but we were the first people to bring it back as a crew. Like, not two people, because there was also duos back in the day. Back in the day, like, people, like, it'd be Gizmo and Tic Tac, uh, Shadow and Quest, Frankie and Derek. It wasn't a crew. Okay. It was those people oh, okay. that were the ones that, yeah. Yeah. I know there was I know those Canadian floor masters like they were yeah. probably like the first first crew like, yeah. probably in Canada like but what was I was gonna ask like what was before you guys besides floor like, I guess Canadian floor masters um oh, yeah my memory I was, I was old but um I think it was, like, the, <laughs> the five eight the five aces um who else like uh, I forgot their names I I, I do I, ha- I have it written down somewhere because I wrote it down like as you know I do my bag of tricks uh IG and I try to keep the History with the dates. I read oh. that stuff down, but like uh, there's a five aces. Uh, there's different crews from Toronto. I, my crew back in the day was called the British Knights. So that was like a the elementary British school Knights. crew. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? It, it no, was, I don't to... even know why we called it the BKs, right? Whatever. <laughs> it was um, <laughs> guys from um, uh, Glamorgan. It was a, a place in Scarborough. And uh, basically, we went to St. Lawrence. It was a Catholic school. And at lunchtime, we used to break. And we called ourselves the British Knights. I don't know why. I thought it was cool or something. Yeah. We're 10 years old, <laughs> too, right? So, <laughs> was there even any like English people? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I guess because you know, you not in our money in Canada. We have the the British, uh, the Queens. Yeah. Like that, right? And that at, the, at that at that time in music, in the eighties, in music, the British music was really popular as well. It was like British invasion, right? So yeah. it was like okay, it was trendy, trendy. 
true, true, true. Wait, so, so, so how, how exactly did you get into begging tricks? So you, you kind of saw them at, at, like, uh, at the club and then you just like kind of like just okay. started practicing with them? Uh, yeah, so at the time I used to practice with a bunch of different people. In Scarborough at that time, there wasn't anyone that was breaking. There were still people that were freestyle dancing as us, so I had to travel west. So I went west and I hooked up with uh, LJ and those guys before I hooked up with Bag of Tricks. But then when I started going out with LJ, going to clubs and seeing Bag of Tricks and they were staying on the ground, like Gizmo invited me to practice with him and do a certain jam in uh, West Toronto. It was called Airview, where DJ Grouch was spinning. And that's where I met Tony. And Tony's like, yo, Tony's the, the popper from Bag of Tricks. And he's also in Boogie Brats. Um, basically, he basically said, yo, you're down with the crew. You're Because he saw that I had both up and down styles. And then I said, no, I don't want to be in, because I was still trying to get down with LJ's crew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, technically, I missed the first wave of Bag of Tricks, because Bag of Tricks was uh, Gizmo, Tic Tac, and Flyer. That was one faction. The other side was Benzo, Queso, Tony, and Magic. So those guys are those two. Yeah, so it was two It was two factions. They, and they were both friends with DJ Grouch, and Grouch was having a party. And they basically battled at that party, and then they basically became Bag of Tricks. Uh, so uh, when they were Bag of Tricks, then that happened in 92. I was asked to join as well, but I didn't join. And then what happened was I, when I was dancing with LJ and them, and I saw Teeth, Buddhist Monk, and Mariano started coming into the crew, and then the crew started getting full. And I was like, hey, that offers the look. So technically, I could have been first-generation bag of tricks, but I, I am, I'm second-generation because officially because I joined afterward. But. Uh, okay. It didn't work for you. So was Gizmo the founder of Bag of Tricks and the Benzo? Or... Uh, no, it's basically, I was saying it was the two factions, Gizmo and Tic Tac were like the two guys, uh, Benzo, Queso, and Tony, and Magic, they were the other, and then basically when they came together and they battled, both of them were still doing hip top rocks and breakdowns and brown stuff, and both sides did, and they battled, and then the guy named Twice, who was an MC for like on Benzo's side, and he said, yo, you guys are a bag of tricks, and they kind of just stuck, and they like, that's how the crew was done, right, so... Tricks, yo, but yo, I mean, like, yo, but aren't you happy to be in Bag of Tricks now? Because Bag of Tricks is a legendary crew that's always that's been known even till now, yo, till this day. And you know what? The, the funny thing, I'm happy, of course, to be part of Bag of Tricks. The funny thing is, be doing it in the 90s, I basically, um, when we went to when we did, did shows or something, or we did a club performance, we battled, it never seemed like we were the legendary crew because sometimes the guy who did a head spin would get more props than what we were doing. We were oh, doing yeah. style and stuff, but like to the crowd, it might seem like, oh, like that guy with the head spin won, but then after the battle continued, that guy had no more moves, and we kept on battling, right? But at the same time, like to a, someone who does nothing know about breaking, they'll say, yo, that guy did something on his head, he's the winner. So I, we never felt like we were the legendary crew or anything like that. We just kept on doing what we did, and we didn't care about what anyone else said, right? So we just kept on going. Like even when we went to New York in the beginning, we didn't get love right away. It's like it's like they saw what we were doing. It was kind of different than the New York style, you know. Like, uh, so breaking now is like totally different from breaking then. So, like, what are the main differences from like way back early '90s breaking to like now breaking? Like, is there still was there like actually practice spots? Like, doesn't they spot the session, or was it okay. just like you or someone's house? Okay, that that's the thing. So um, back then, we of course we had a lot. We're not saying we don't have a lot of crews now, but we did have a lot of crews back then. And then each practice was, crew practice was private. It was like, if you weren't in my crew, you're not in my practice. Oh, so that, that's how, I guess, if you look at the early 90s, a lot of crews had their own styles because they kept it within themselves. And then when they battled at a club or they battled at an event, that's when the moves came out. And then you kind of go back into hiding to the next event or whatever, you make up more stuff. 
But whereas if you have a public practice, like anything where you go and then everyone from different crews are there, you drop something. And I know I talk a lot about bike and biting. <laughs> well, you drop something yeah, at a practice. We have a whole topic for that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, when you drop something at a practice and everyone sees it, they see the move and it's fine. And then later on, uh, maybe a week later, even if we have that same practice, they might even start practicing what they saw. Maybe they didn't mean to bite it, but they did see it and they got influenced by it, which is understandable, right? That's why mm-hmm. one of the mantras of my, of my crew is to be true to yourself. So... If I practice with you, James, right, at uh, mm-hmm. Melbourne, and then you do something, and a week later I come up with the same move, and you come check me on and say, hey, Flex, um, you do a move like I did. I have to go back, oh, yeah, well, right, I did see you do that last week. And be true to myself and say, maybe I was influenced to you, and either I'll stop the move or i give you pr- uh, props to the move and change it so you can't even recognize it. You know? I mean, but that's how right. I would do it or someone from my crew would do it because we, we want to either give you respect for what you did or basically change it to the point where you can't even recognize it. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait. So, 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 what, what, what would be like the bag of tricks style? Like, what, what, what defines bag of tricks as breaking back then or now? Um. Okay. So, I, the way I, because the thing is, I did mentor a bunch of crews after that. So, um, I, I kind of have a little bit of insight on that too. Like, I would say our style was basically, uh, we all danced and we all kind of told the story with our dancing. So, if you saw, I saw us do a top rock. We do a top rock with a thread, and we do a breakdown yeah. with a thread a footwork with a thread and a power move with a thread so that it all relates into one story and it has a finishing, right? So we, we kind of did that kind of style. And then also um, for Gizmo, Gizmo has something called the rule of three, which he didn't even know about. I actually pointed it out to him because at the beginning I did look up to him and I tried to emulate him and stuff. Some would say even bite him. <laughs> but um, but uh, basically, yeah, so basically what he would do, because he also remembered too, we're doing style moves or... Or moves that are not as big as someone doing something upside down or something. So when we do a pattern, we'd actually repeat the pattern three times in a row. So the person will do a pattern, and then they'll do another move, and then it'll go into the pattern with the same move, and then again. But the way Gizmo did it was he'd do a pattern. Just say he did a move, a move and he grabbed his foot. Then he'll do a move again, and when he grabs his foot, he'll grab his foot in a different way. And the very last one, he'll do a freeze holding his foot. But it all links oh, together, and by the, by the third time he does it, the crowd who was like who don't know anything about breaking will go crazy because it's not just one original move and they, they kind of forget it. Or it's an original move you do so good and smooth, they think it's easy. But mm-hmm. it's when you put it together in a pattern and you make it it's like a concept. in a way that, yeah, they understand yeah. it by the third time and they start cheering, right? So True. Damn it. And I remember also Begatrix was also like famous for their commandos. Like you were one of the, like the only crews that had like the most nasty, like crazy ass commandos. Um, the funny thing is we don't think of it that way because I, I understand people they use commandos as a way to I guess hide uh, their crew's imperfections like if you had a guy who can't top rock or something and all they could do is like flare or uh, air flare or something you'd have the top rock guys go in and do the commando <laughs> and then, then basically when they split apart the air flare guy will come in so therefore that round you don't see that guy can't top rock you know what I mean like, like that, that, so for us our routines that we did we considered them battle routines it was mm-hmm. never about a show or anything like that. We all did a routine that we could do, do at the, the other crew. You know what I mean? And one of the top secret things we used to do, and like oh, the only crew other that I saw do the same thing we did, was Supernats. It was in the sense of that we would have a routine, one guy with another guy, and we would teach another guy in the crew that same routine so that if the other guy mm-hmm. wasn't there, you could still do anyone it. Anyone could do it. Yeah. And, and then, so, basically that, so basically it could be for anyone in the crew as long as you learn the routine and the steps, you're good. Mm-hmm. Like we actually we did, we did that against um, Supernats one time where 
they saw that I didn't have my partner overproof with me, but they didn't know the silence did the same routine. And we actually changed routine a bit to fit silence as well. Mm -hmm. That's very smart. Yeah. I know they do that for sure. Like uh, they, yeah. they taught me that shit, or I guess I kind of picked that up on them. Of like, yeah, yeah just just watch them. Everyone does the same routines. They all can do that one when they see C go through the leg. Fuck yeah, 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 yeah. Flip up. yeah, yo. Yeah, mm. yo, has there, yo, like, has there been, you know that meme, oh, this guy had one job and he crashed a move, yo, has that ever happened to, to like, your crew? Like, you know how there's, like, a husband <laughs> guy and then, like, you had one job and he just crashed it or whatever? Has that ever happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does happen, but the thing is, we never, back in the 90s, it wasn't, you know how everyone has to be super clean nowadays? I, I, I'm uh, going to get day, to that as well, yeah, like, how yeah. everyone, everything now has to be perfect, but back then, it was, like, more raw, like, you could, like, just like, go off and, like, if you messed up, it's, like, okay. So, yeah, like, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't okay back then, but what it is, uh, we called it falling with style. And <laughs> what would happen is basically just so you did a head spin and you, you kind of fell out of it. You were expected to either a tap mill or something that would catch it and make it look good. Even mm -hmm. though we know as a, as a crew that the guy didn't mean to do that, but you should be able to fall out of your move with style that it's harder to see. Like like Hong Ten. Hong Ten falls a lot, but people sometimes don't know it. They don't know breaking. They don't realize he's falling sometimes, you know? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they just don't care because this shit's so fucking hard. Yeah. Which is another like old school old school thing. Of, like, well, well, oh, and one more thing. You, the original question was, what was the difference? Back then, it was like we top rock, breakdown, footwork, tar move, done. That probably mm -hmm. lasted like 15 seconds. 20 yeah. seconds. <laughs> Nowadays, sets are like super long now. And I mean, I don't know what's yeah. like, sets are like a minute now or 45 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather go back to that. I would rather go back to like 15 seconds. That. And you can do multiple rounds. Yeah. Fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe this is why a lot of kids or younger people are getting are like fucking rising up so much because they have like the stamina to like do all this like crazy. Like, look at Shiggy kicks, bro. This guy can do like one minute. Sets, yeah. Doing like yeah. insanity. Yeah. He's did a two minute set, bro. I swear to God, Thesis did a two minute set one time. Like, I, I would yeah, hate to yeah. think of what would happen if he was around back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do a 15 minute, 15 seconds, and then you do like a 20 minute set. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so, so I guess from your perspective, like uh, from growing up from back then and seeing what's happening now, like what, what, what do you see like in battles? Like how, how has battling changed like based on your perspective? Uh, the one thing that I do respect the, the, the one I'm seeing from back in the day to now is that people are more well-rounded in the sense of like, um, I know you guys, you guys joke around and say top rocks don't matter, but I do yeah. see that there are some people that are actually doing some Brooklyn rocks and whatever and top yeah. rocks. There's people that are connecting to the music now, whereas before... It was like they look like they're doing jumping jacks, and they went into a movie. You know what I mean, like, um, <laughs> like the, the the top rocks weren't that good back in the day, unless you did specialize in it before. I mean, the first generation in the '90s, we were like hip hop freestyle dancers that started to break, so we had tops already. But then mm -hmm. the, the generation after that, they didn't. They kind of they were just doing breaking, and like their tops were a bit not a suspect, I guess you could say, right? Like, um, it wasn't it wasn't as good, but they still got down really well, and they did different things. Like I, I would consider. I got third degree boogie brats and those guys second generation ninety ones. The nineties mm -hmm. uh top, top secret, those guys are like second generation Toronto nineties um breaking crews. True. It'll so be the first generation from the eighties and then the second generation will be those guys. Mm -hmm. Who are some first generation crews? I, I would say just uh again, the bag of tricks, uh paranormal slash intricate and then supernaturals. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Well, what, what was like the what, what was like the scene like because you know how how right now the scene is kind of more nice and like it's more like kind of like there's like big competitions and whatnot but but back then I, I feel like it was more like wild west where like people were just like battling each other like all the time and, yeah like what, what was yeah, more, like so parties 
So, yeah, so what happened all, was, was in the parties. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. no, no problem. Though, like uh, back then, like um, hip hop wasn't as big as it is now. So there was only like a couple clubs that were playing hip hop, like parties and stuff, like uh, Spectrum, Focus, like you know, like those uh, concert hall. Well, different places were playing at whenever they had an event. People from east, west, wherever downtown would come to that one area, and they'd have to actually dance at that one spot because that's the only place playing hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you'd get like people with different factions, different crews coming into that one event, and that's where the battles would pop off. So, and since everything was separate, it was like that's why it was more heated because you wanted to prove that you were the better crew, right? So, mm-hmm. whereas nowadays, like you have so many hip hop events, sometimes you have two events in one night in the city, and then people have to choose and you go, right? And then also the events are like are like um, competitions, and people don't really party as much, and they basically gotta yeah, compete. Yeah, and if they lose, they leave. So then that mm. vibe is different, right? So true. But so, so, but I guess like back then, was there like way more rivalries than there are now? Like where like certain crews, like yo, like when they see them, yo, it's like yo, we're gonna like call them out, like site, like it's on site kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. So basically, soon every week you went, you know, someone was gonna gun for you. Plus, because also the difference too is that we went to a we went to a jam, so there was actually house music being played, reggae, hip hop, and you know whatever. So. When the hip hop came on, there was like maybe like a five or six songs that they were gonna play. So that cipher was hot, and then you had to fight to get in that cipher. And if you were in the cipher, you're gonna find someone that called you out last week wants to battle you again. So it was always <laughs> hyping that one cipher. And then after the cipher, it goes to reggae music. So then the guys would just whine with the girl, or they go out and smoke, or whatever they do, right? Like basically. But then you had a chance. It wasn't like break beats all night. It was like mm-hmm. a different music, so that it was. That's why when you look at old footage and you watch all those things, you see a huge crowd of people. Now all those people were breaking fans. Some of them just came to dance and whatnot, right? So mm-hmm. it was a jam, right? It wasn't really uh, a breaking event. So, so yeah, because breaking events like more centered breaking, but then like in the jam, like breaking is just a part of that event. Exactly. It's the same thing like the UBL try to do with the main event thing. So have an event that's just a jam, but it's uh, throw a couple main event things that people would like to watch and were entertained by. It, then you go back to dancing and having fun. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So it's like a show, like pretty much like the main event would be like a show, and then uh, we get back to the thing, and then we just wait for the next show, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so what we used to do was have we, uh, we used to go to dance studios and play a little small, like I just say I'd say okay, Anton versus Sticks at a studio, and like no one's watching, we'd film it, and then basically give stats, and then after <laughs> who has the best stats, after the next couple months, we throw the main event, and we put those people to do at the main event. That's what we did at the beginning, but then at the time it, it kind of took a lot of time and. It didn't work out, so we just kind of checked. We went to the next model. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that makes sense. We'll get into more details of that later on as well. Yo, damn. But I guess going back. So going back to the in terms of like rivalries and stuff. Who who were like some of Vegatrix's rivals? And who were your rivals back then? Oh, uh, of course, uh, Paranormal. That became intricate. So what happened was Vegatrix came out first, and then uh, Paranormal was there. They were like a hip hop family where they had MCs and people that dance as well. Kind of like Zulu Nation in a way. So uh, they, they came out, but then when Supernats came out, like Paranormal got pissed. They're like, why do these guys have Supernatural Paranormal? It's the same name as us. <laughs> and they, they changed the names intricate, right? So, they, yeah, so, they, they, I mean, so that, that shows the timeline right there. If you think about it, like Bagatrix, Paranormal, that became intricate. Then it went to Supernats, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so basically in the beginning, it was always, um, yeah, Bagatrix versus Intricate. And then mm-hmm. what happened was Supernatural came out of nowhere, and they had Jedi, and Jedi was like a crazy power move dude at the time, and like mm-hmm. basically like they started making noise, and they started battling intricate. 
Then he started rattling us, and then it was kind of like it was like a three-way. I kept like, going around in a triangle, right? So. Oh shoot! Okay, so 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 the, you, you you three were like the top at at the time. You you were basically like a tri- like a battle triangle. Yeah. Damn. Who who? who but are, like, but, I, but to be honest, we battled uh, intricate way more than we battled supernats because supernats we didn't get the battle. Not all the guys were always there. So whenever uh, something happened, like some guys didn't show up or something, and then like for example, the '95 battle that that that, that we're famous for, the one that Trey's legs videotaped. Like Supernats, uh, well, uh, Lego was there, um, but the rest of the crew didn't show up or something. There was like three guys out of the whole crew showed up, so they didn't enter. So they were supposed to be in that battle. They would have been in part of that Zulu battle, but they didn't battle because they only had three members. Right. Damn, I don't even know about this one. Yeah. Crazy. You know that, that was 1995. Sorry. You have that footage? Oh, yeah, I, I have footage. Yeah, I have all footage. Anything that we did with the eye footage. He's a librarian, bro. Yeah, yeah, he's a librarian. The one mistake I made, which was kind of cocky at the time, when I did documented stuff, I only documented my crew. Because we had such a, a thing on originality. Like, if I was in a cipher and I had a camcorder, when someone went in from a different crew, I'd put it down or I paused it. Because oh, it's like I only wanted to have footage of my crew, right? So that I didn't want anyone to say, yo, Flex was videotaping. That's why they bit our stuff. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, your <laughs> stuff's <laughs> black. You know what I mean? <laughs> As like a Toronto historian, that's yeah, wish. But yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but um, but if you, even if you look at some of my VHS tips now, you'll see there's like footage of battling. And then when the next person comes in, it'll go for a second. It'll pause right as they're top rocking. And then it goes to the next person. <laughs> so Damn, how, yo, how, how, how large is your VHS? VHS collection is it like literally like the whole wall, like kind of like uh, like like you know like those people with like uh, the encyclopedias and their. No, no, the, 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 you, you know those tote things you can buy at Walmart. Those the uh, blue yeah. bins. I have like yeah. two, two blue bins of uh, VHS. Oh, I have Jesus. one. I have one shoebox of uh, those uh, camcorder millimeter tapes. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, then of course I have, and I have audio tapes and cassettes and stuff like that as well. So. Damn, no, I can imagine, like, whenever you're moving houses, you gotta move all that. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's hard. Dude. I know, I'm trying to digitize everything so I can throw those things away. <laughs> <laughs> True. Nah, no, keep it, you know, it's like, it's like legend, like, even having, like, uh, like a relic from back then, like, that's, like, nice. I haven't seen one of those in so long, yo. Yeah, there's more, uh, a whole bunch of them. That's before your time, young blood. <laughs> yeah, it is, yo. Yeah, you were, like, you were born. Like, like, oh. You know what it is. Dude, no, you mean, yeah, yeah. What is that? I'm sitting by my computer now, so that's all that's right there, right? So yeah, you remember that thing that you have to put on the on the VHS where you have to wind it if you want to rewind the film? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I used to have one of those. You plug it into the wall, it would rewind your tape for you. Like I bought it from Blockbuster, and then I'd rewind it before I brought it back. <laughs> Damn, true. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, if you could like, oh man, if you could like make a compilation of all that stuff. Yeah, it's probably out there too, but with everything though, that'd be sick. Uh, see, my problem is I like putting out good quality stuff. So what I end up happening is I transfer it to my computer, and then mm-hmm. I have a program, and I kind of upgrade it so that the quality is like almost 1080p. So okay. like, um, okay, okay. that takes a while, and it takes a lot of like gigs because you're upgrading like it's a, like you know in real time, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. Uh-huh. Hey man, I'll, I'll I'll be on I'll be subscribed to that YouTube channel whenever you post it. So yeah. I do have some footage of other crews that I haven't put up yet. Like, there's some stuff, like, people have also donated tapes to me because they know I convert, right? Mm-hmm. So I have okay. footage of, like, of Intricate on, on Rap City and stuff like that, but I'm not part of the crew, so I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to convert it. But if I have a channel where I could put that stuff, yeah, I'll do that for sure, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's also time, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe even bag of uh, what was it? Bag of bag of tapes or what's the uh... bag of clips? Bag, bag of clips, clips. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's not my thing. It's nothing to do with bag of tricks. It's kind of a homage. That goes back yeah. to one of the fan questions because someone asked, Yo, uh, Flex, are you bag of clips? And there you go. Flex is not bag <laughs> no. of clips. No. We, we know who he is and we're not going to say yeah. what we're going to say. We know. And if you, go, if you donate to our Patreon, we'll let you know, yo. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's on the Patreon. By the way, $1 a month, bro. Someone going to say $1 a month, you can get the bag of $1 clips. $1 you find all the gossip, <laughs> all the shit talking. You can get part of the shit talking. But, um, yeah. so speaking of tape, speaking of like old back in the footage, y'all, yo, let them know, let everyone know what is like uh, the, the biggest jams that, that Begatrix has won, that you've won, uh, some of the B Boys you beat back in the day. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, boost, boost okay, yourself. so for, for myself, um, I participated in a jam called Monster Jam uh, that happened in 1993. And um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it to the finals. I actually lost to this guy named uh, Chaos, right? But um, so then after that, like that was me. Then Gizmo and Tic Tac were in the duos of that one, and they won that. That's actually it was on Rap City, and there's footage of that as well. Um, Benzo and Queso entered it, but they lost to Frankie and Derek, who were like the best at that time. So, uh, but then Gizmo and Tic Tac ended up, ended up winning the duos, and I, I didn't make it in the thing because I was just starting out as well. So. <laughs> Uh, then after that, we had the 1995 Zubar. Uh, we won that one. We battled against those uh, raccoons that went on to become Star Lords. Uh, okay. There was also in- yeah. Intricate was in that cr- in, the, in that uh, battle, and they actually brought some guys from Canadian Floor Masters the the battle with them. Uh, who else was and in they that? Need a backup, eh? They needed yeah. backup. Yo, was Buddha there? <laughs> the Buddha wasn't there. It was a guy named Matt, I believe. Uh, he's the guy with the windmills, and I think he also did uh, Cirque du Soleil as well. Like he oh. he became like a choreographer. Which was dope because then he could hire breakers to be in the thing, yeah. right? In the circus of lake. And we appreciate anybody that comes from the breaking scene that gets something professionally and then tries to bring people with them. You know, like that's what UBL is about. We say professional b boys, but no one understood what we were saying back in the day. We we're saying that if you're a b boy and you make it professionally, it's your job to help other b boys come up too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Then I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh my god. Keep on. Okay, after, Keep on. After, after Go ahead and let them know. <laughs> yeah, after after Zubar, there was a jam in '98 um, called uh, B Boy Clash. We won that as well. Uh, we beat back the basics. The intricate was in that battle as well. Then '99 we went to UK, went to Korea, and went to Germany. We oh, yeah. won UK. We came yeah. in third place in Germany and second place in Korea. But Korea was weird. It was called the World Hip Hop Festival, and what was weird about it was you know how those determinant brackets. They had mm-hmm. U- USA versus USA, and then the winner of that USA battle got a bypass to the finals. What the hell? So they didn't have to battle anymore, right? And then, I, and then we actually went to the promoters and said, yo, why do they battle one time, but we have to battle our way all the way to the finals? And they're like, oh, because USA made up breaking, so they get a bypass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? So then, then when you see us battle in Korea, it was against... This is the first super crew, as far as I know, that it was uh, United Skills of America. It was Ken Swift, United Crumbs. Skills of America, damn. Yeah, yeah. So it was Ken Swift, Crumbs, uh, Wicked, Flowmaster. Uh, was there someone else? I think some guy named Sheldon or something. I don't know who it was, right? But then <laughs> uh, basically that was the first super crew. And we battled, like, they battled the Circle of Fire first round. They mm-hmm. won, and they got a bypass to the finals, where we had to go through Korea, France, and, like, different countries just to get to the finals. When we got to the finals... We were like we were tired and we, we lost. I mean, the battle was twenty minutes long, 
And wow. we were holding our own for the first 10 minutes. But then after that, we, uh, for for back in the day as well, B-Boys didn't stuff. We didn't like to repeat things. So, like, mm -hmm. we were running out of stuff and we didn't want to repeat. So we ended up freestyling it towards the end, right? So. Mm -hmm. Damn, yo. You think jams are rigged now? Come on, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like some oblique. Some oblique. Well, yeah, it, it's, I don't know if, it, okay, if it's rigged, that's really bad at the promoter. But I do yeah. see um, there's a lot of politics now compared to back in the day. Um, whereas, um, basically when you have a promoter, for example, and the promoter brings somebody over and then that person judges a jam and then, then that's that, then that judge later on when they're home, they bring that promoter or whoever their people is over. So it's like keeping it within the same group of people. That's kind of yeah. weird. You, can, you should yeah. try to kind of expand your, your judges pool and different things so that everyone gets a chance. You know, it can't be, if it's the same people, because those are the people you trust and you roll with, that's fine. But at the same time. If it starts reflecting in the decisions of the battle, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Then it just becomes like funneling the money towards the, the same people, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the UK Jam was UK Champs back in the day. Yeah. The one thing that was weird with uh, all these jams back in the day, it wasn't like a tournament style. Uh, mm -hmm. What ha ended up happening was there were promoters in Europe that would come over to uh, the States. And basically what they do, they go around asking other breaking crews, like just say they went to Rock City Reunion, they'd ask other breaking crews, yo, which crew do you respect? And then they'd tally the names, and then those, out of those names, those are the people that get invited to come down. So that, <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. So it was kind of like the, the, the whoever you respect. We were supposed to be in Battle of the Year in 1997, but no one could get our connection because we were from Canada. And then mm. we ended up going to 99 instead of 97. So 97 was the year Stalemans went down. So that would have been dope if us we got the battle Stalemans then, you know, like yeah, that'd have been sick. So that would have been yeah, bag of tricks in our prime versus Stalemans in their prime, right? So that would have been sick. U UK champs battle of the year, fucking whatever the fuck that Korea one was. That's yeah, crazy. And, and, yeah, and you know what's funny too? We got all those events, the, the all those big events when bag of tricks was kind of on the verge of breaking up because in 1997 we lost one of our members, right? Like Buddhist monk passed away. And then for like around 1998, we, we didn't practice together as a crew because it was kind of depressing to go where you know you're going to see your boy, but you're not going to see your boy because he's not there. Mm -hmm. So we weren't even practicing that much. And then we got the call towards the end of 98 saying, yo, you guys can go to this, this, and this. And we're like, okay, we're not breaking anymore. Let's get back together and do this for a Buddhist monk, you know, and we kind of did that, right? But it wasn't like we were practicing every day like we used to. Like a bag of tricks yeah. practice schedule was basically... Um, we used to practice as a crew on Wednesday at the, at Teeth's house, right? In the basement. And then that's the one practice we had as a crew. Then Thursday, we'd go clubbing. Friday, we'd go clubbing. Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> clubbing. So basically, we'd be practicing as we're throwing down all those oh, days. Wow. Monday and Tuesday was our rest day. But we practiced all the time. And one of our goals was that on Wednesday when we got together, we had to show a new move or new pattern to the crew and display it on there. It has to be perfected every Wednesday. Hell yeah. You actually have a goal. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And we also had routine practices where it was like, okay, this Wednesday we're going to do a routine practice. It's not going to be anything about solos. We have to do routines together to make sure that everything looks good on point. Mm -hmm. Damn, so Damn, so bro. how many people were in Vega Tricks like, during that time with the, when, it, when it was in its prime? <laughs> At our height, we had, we had 13 members. <laughs> 13? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, here's, something, yeah. here's something you guys don't, might not know. Uh, in 1995, uh, we when we went to New York. Oh, 95 when we no 94 we went to New York. We met with Seda Crew, right? Oh, yeah, and they yeah, loved yeah. us, right? And then yeah. the next year, like basically, they loved us. They came back the next year and they presented us with a videotape of the way they used to uh, the way they danced, right? Uh, basically, up until 95, 
And then mm-hmm. we put them down with bag of tricks. That's why you see sometimes we say Waseda bag of tricks Japan. Because okay. th- that year, uh, the, the Waseda dancing now has nothing to do with bag of tricks. It's only the 1995 yeah. to 97. Those the members are the ones that are part of our group. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, so right. the guy, the guy named Chow, um, Yajiro, Lunch, Jack, uh, Carol, like all, all those people were part of bag of tricks. And like they have our shirts, they were wearing it, they repped it. You know, so um, oh yeah, also Kujero later on who came to Toronto. He uh, he came down with Apex, and then he became part of Bag of Tricks as well. So, um, the original Japanada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly until Anton took yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah, now they're all now they're all Anton. Bag of Anton's Bag of Anton's Pokemon. So you said that, that that you raised a bunch of crews. Well, what are, what were some of the crews that you kind of like like helped like build up? Okay, uh, or so B boys. Okay, so basically what happened, as I said, uh, there wasn't that many breakers in Scarborough. So when I started practicing, I'm usually, and this is before I was driving, I would have to go from Kennedy all the way to West Toronto, like East Mall around Etobicoke, to practice every Wednesday, and it, it sucked oh, because yeah. it's like, uh, it's so, it was like a two-hour journey just to practice, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in Kennedy, but, bro, I know, yo. <laughs> so then basically, um, I had, like, I used to dance before breaking, and then, one of my boys' younger brother saw that I was in bag of tricks and stuff, and they're like, "Yo, can you teach me?" So I started teaching him, and then he had his friends. They started coming along, so I made a crew called Third Degree, oh, right? Okay. So Third Degree was uh, basically um, a crew that I mentored, and the whole thing of bag of tricks is that we have to make a, a crew first, or, they, or another crew exists before that, and then we mentor them. And if they stand the test of time or they're loyal to us, then we put them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then uh, the thing that's funny about that is at around the same time I was teaching third degree or, or dancing with third degree, not really teaching, I hate to say teaching. It's like kind of like I used to practice with them and then exchange ideas and stuff like that, and then they got better. It wasn't like me like saying, okay, you do this, so I'm your master and stuff. I'm not, no. Let's go cypher, let's go party, let's have fun. That's how things were. And then hopefully it happens naturally, organically, you know? So yeah, so it was third degree. And then what happened was one of the guys from third degree impact he went to a school where he was helping these other crews, and this crew was called Back to Basics. And then basically what happened was I would tell BJ something, and then he would go and tell those guys. And then in a way, they started developing a style that was similar. So in the end, I, we kind of just joined them, not joined them together, but like I'd end up helping Back to Basics as well, right? So so Back to Basics, that happened. And then um, after that, it was a bit of a break. Then I did Apex Crew. There was a guy named Vital that I was helping with that. But... And no one in Apex ever got into Bag of Tricks because it was kind of like he stopped dancing. And then mm-hmm. and was, then happened, then Battle Deer and all those things happened. 2000 happened, and it was kind of slowing down for everybody. So I made a crew called Soul Step, which actually had Andel. I was going to uh, uh, ask you, Andel, yeah. Yeah. So Andel, Sticks, uh, the first Sticks, uh, Rush, <laughs> Kirby, and um, this guy, a guy named Dave, but I used to call him Tony Touch because he looked like he resembled the DJ Tony Touch. So we used to call him Tony Touch. <laughs> 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 Not that big, no. His name was Daver. Yeah, so those guys were those guys were dope. Um, but then again, at the same time, that's 2000, and then my first daughter was born in 2001. So I was still helping out with stuff. They used to come over to um, I used to live by the RT station, by um, Lawrence Station. We used to practice under the bridge and get a linoleum. My boy Nigel yeah. would pull out the sticks would open up his car and turn the radio on and we just break. Mm, we do that there. So then um we I had my first daughter, so sometimes I'd bring her out in a stroller and then we'd watch they would watch breaking and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. and I'd still be yeah. judging I'd be judging events, so I was still keeping active even though I was still doing the parent thing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Can you imagine like 
Oh, go on, go on, go on. You, you. No, go. I was gonna ask, well, what is it like being a B dad? Because I, I don't know. Like, usually as a breaker, like, yo, if I have a kid, yo, I'm gonna teach them how to break. Yo, I'm gonna make them learn what <laughs> I know, but they're gonna be better than me. So, so what is that? Yeah. Like, did you have that kind of, kind of dreams or whatever when you when you had your kids? I I have two girls, so um. Basically, what I do, uh, the way I feel about things, like, m my parents never really supported stuff that I did. So, what I did as a parent was, like, I, I gave kids options, my kids options. Like, yes. I'm not going to say I'm a breaker, and you have to be a breaker, too, so whatever you get better than me. It was kind of like, I'll bring them around, and if they choose it, they choose it. If they don't, they don't, right? So, I had to, I actually waited until they actually started copying me while I practiced at home. Then I started teaching them a little bit, but I didn't, I wasn't as tough until they wanted to get better, mm -hmm. right? So... I used to bring them to daycare in the morning, so the daycare opened at seven. We get there at six thirty. We practice before they went into daycare. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. So then after that, like I have footage, I have footage of the girls dancing before daycare started. So. <laughs> so I, the thing, the thing is too. Also, like around the time my second kid was born, uh, a year later, like my uh, I had problems with my thing. My my ex, my ex is gone, and then so I was a single dad with both girls and. Breaking actually helped me raise the kids because I treated it like a breaking practice. I basically um, did everything with my kids I did as a routine on a schedule. So they knew at this time of the night they were going to bed, right? And there was no questions. And basically everything was, it was routine. So once it was routine, like I, it, it was easier for me as a single dad just to do everything. Like, yeah, this, we're doing breakfast, we're doing this, you're getting your hair done, we're practicing this time. We're watching this for free time. Everything was scheduled, right? So nice. we're watching footage. <laughs> yeah, you went from a B boy to a B man. Yeah, <laughs> Those man years. Yo, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then That's yeah, basically they, they all started breaking. The oldest one now is going to be twenty. Now the youngest one is tur uh, just turned seventeen. The youngest one is still breaking. The oldest one stopped for like yeah, she stopped. So it wasn't just fun for her. She had more. Um, she wanted to draw, so I, I got well, I got a bunch of supplies from Curry's for her, and she bought. She's doing drawing now, so. Yeah. As long as you're doing the arts, you know, the arts keep yeah. the brain active. My brain would be mush right now if I wasn't breaking. We wouldn't do some sort of art. Speaking of drawing and art, yo, shout out to our sponsor, Creative Genius Academy. If you want to improve your skills as an artist, there's no better place because Sylvia, a fellow B-girl in the scene, she's one of the best teachers for that. So if you yeah. want to learn some art, you know, hit her up at Creative Genius Academy. Like, arts are one of the best ways to deal with problems. I know everyone's talking about mental health now. But I, I believe, like, when you have a problem, like, you, I'm not saying you're dancing your problems away. That's kind of something weird. Right? But at the same time, it gives, it gives you, like, an outlet. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Something you can just take your mind off it or, yeah. like, make it. Yeah. Use promo code. It's just breaking. <laughs> I just want to say that. Even, if there even was one, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. I, yeah, I wouldn't say that for everything, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alright, that's pretty much, that's most of my questions. What else you got? True, no, I, I, <laughs> yeah. saw, I, saw, I, saw, I saw, like, two, two, like, really big topics, so let's get to the next one, yo. So yeah, biting, for sure. That's something, that's something that you're very passionate about, topic on biting. So, what, what, what constitutes a biter, in your opinion? Or what is a bite? Um, a bite is when you look at something and it's, you're impressed by it, right? And then because you're impressed by it, you say, you know what, that's amazing. I want to do it. Then you do it, and you don't really change what you see. You kind of just repeat mm -hmm. it. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, so yeah. So basically a lot of people say, Oh, you know what? My body is different than that guy, so I'm not biting because I'm gonna do it a little bit different than him. No, but if it looks the same, it's it's a bite. Like uh, how we used to gauge it in bag of tricks is that if you could take a picture of the move and you look at it side by side and the body shape and positioning is the same, then it then it's a bite. Like if just just say uh capoeira freeze was an original move, right? And then someone did a capoeira freeze and held it underneath their knee. 
Then the other one did a freeze and he held his toe. It's the same move because you're mm. still in an L pattern. You're just placing your hand in a different area. That's not really a variation, right? To me, I would say you variated the move if you did a cap away to freeze on your elbow tip. That's, it's still technically similar looking, but you're using a different body part, right? And that's how, how basically, because yeah, at the beginning when I first started breaking, I used to bite Gizmo a lot. And then they would actually call me, my own crew would call me on and say, yo, Gizmo <laughs> does that, you can't do that. Like, what if we do a show or something or a battle and you do the same movie that's like repeating, right? So, mm-hmm. so basically I had to learn how to flip things so that it became mine. And once I learned that, then that was a good skill to kind of learn and help teach the other people that I was mentoring at the wells. Like, you could also do something and just flip it and then make it your own, but at the same time, it's not recognizable. It's like when you put a video up with a music sample on it, you get bitten for you get in trouble for copyright. Yeah, you get, you get a copyright. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do the yeah, same man. clip and you put like some scratching on it, it might not get hit because you changed it, right? So it's, it's a similar idea. You have to change the move. You have to basically how I look at a move is if I look at a move and I'm like, wow, that move's amazing. I'll look at it and say, okay, that guy did a freeze and he did a freeze on his on his hand and his legs were like this. What if I do a freeze on my knee? And I do a similar position, uh, but I hit it the same way that he did it. So they basically, it's the same move, but in a different concept, different body part. You totally flip the move. You know what I mean? Like that's a real <laughs> flip where it's like the guy who watched it won't even know that you were inspired by that move. Right. But if you if you just take the same move and add a different entrance or a different exit, it's still the same move. Mm-hmm. So 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 in yeah. your opinion, that that wouldn't be enough to like in order to make it your own. Like it, it really like that move itself, it has to be changed in some kind of way. Yeah. I mean, that's the way you, you build the vocabulary you're breaking. I mean, yes, it's good that if someone didn't think of that variation yet, then, then you could do it. But at the same time, there's respect if you're going to rock that move exactly the same. You know what I mean? like mm-hmm. True. So so I guess another another thing people bring up about budding is like, uh, I guess like when, when enough people do it, it becomes foundation. When, when, when yeah. does that happen? So exactly, in your opinion. Um, well, once it starts being like, even like three or four people doing it, technically it becomes part of the foundation because breaking is always growing, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, but and the thing is, just because it becomes foundation, like you still have to recognize, like, see how people give credit to pull one for air chair. It's not like when someone does air chair, someone says bite now, but it's known now that that's where it came from. Once someone knows where something's from, then there's no reason to, and it's celebrated, then there's no reason to call bite anymore because it, it is, as you said, become foundation now. But if it's something that's fresh and people start doing it, then it's like, you know, and someone knows it for that, then you can. But this is also one where the mantra comes back. You have to be true to yourself. Like, I mean, like, if someone does a move, I do a move here in Canada, and someone does something in Germany, and he never met me, never saw me, never. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call him a biter because that's me being conceited, thinking that I'm so big that he knew my move. No, man. Like if mm-hmm. he's true to himself and he made it up, I can't argue with him. I, I can battle him and stuff, but even if I battle, him, doesn't mean I'm the owner of the move. It just means I battle. Yeah. Him. I mean, like you just battle some guy with the same move as you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, just be true to yourself. Know what you create and know what you got inspired from, and everything's fine, man. Like no one's gonna just because someone calls you a batter, a biter in a battle doesn't mean you're a biter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like if you know deep down in your heart that you made that move, that and you're like, bro, that's my shit, bro. I know I made it myself. It's a yeah. coincidence they... that I might have done it with someone, but you know, I think I believe that I did it. Yeah. What if you? What if they give props? Like they, if they make him. So basically, Wing Zero, he has a move, or he has yeah. a couple of sets. And then, like, uh, I think I think it was either Supernats or someone someone called Bite on him. And he's like, yeah, I like you. I like your style. <laughs> so like, I, I, I know. I, you're my favorite B-boy. And he did that in the middle of a battle. Yeah. <laughs> um, called, like, like a mocking way or is it kind of like in a, like, no, and he was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, like, so he did a move and then they're like, Bite. And then he's just like, yeah, I, you're my favorite B-boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well this, this, this is the whole thing. Biting, okay. Breaking, there's breaking. There's, like, rules and breaking and stuff. But 
just because there's a rule breaking doesn't mean you have to abide by it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's things like you know how I said to Megatrix doesn't like to repeat in one night. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we can't repeat. It doesn't mean that if I did something bad's gonna happen to me. It's just something that we're holding to ourselves to make it more difficult. Like, like yeah, like yeah. that guy, guy sensei goes, if I don't do this, I can do a thousand push ups or something. Like oh, yeah, you're doing yeah. something to make it harder for yourself so that you get better in the long run, right? So mm-hmm. if if there's somebody out there that just loves biting and is really good and athletic and can do any move, like that's more power to that dude. I mean, I don't have to like him personally, but I'll do I will respect the fact that he can do so many things, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or like I just don't perfect. It's like like religion is the people. I'll pray to one God, and then it's all different ways of doing it, right? But everyone mm-hmm. wants to be good and get to a, some sort of heaven, you know what I mean? So, I, just because I don't agree with your religion doesn't mean I can't get along with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so biters, it's okay to. <laughs> that's not, that's not <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess yeah, going yeah. back to close. Mm-hmm. So, guys, going back to this, who 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 are like so, like your favorite b boys, and and I guess in a more originality kind of aspect, like from back then and now that you look that you like. So, like name like top three back then, top three now, like b boys that you like or who you think are super original. Okay, so for me, my style was is a mixture of Gizmo, Benzo, and Storm. Those are the people mm-hmm. that back then, even though they were my crew, I mean, I was more of a hip hop top freestyle dancer with a windmill and stuff back then, right? <clears throat> but then Benzo had all that arm thread stuff, and then Gizmo had his, his the way he said he had his threading and stuff, but like he had different styles of which I liked as well. So like I'd put those things together and try to make a different style from that. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the guys I look up to, and then of course Ivan for his power. I, I love power. I mean I like people yeah. that do power really fast and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the people from back then. Uh, nowadays. Um, I like Ills. Like Ills is dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, wait, are we keeping it Canadian or is it like all over? Anywhere. Uh, yeah, anywhere. And, and uh, then I guess later, because we're gonna talk, we're gonna ask about you beyond like who do you think are the top? Yeah, but 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 like everywhere right now. Yeah. Yeah. So who yeah, yeah. Think- yeah. I like United Rivals for sure. Like those, those guys are dope. I like Anton. Mm-hmm. I like Sticks. Everybody. Um, for today, okay. I like I like Kid David because he dances. Right. I like Top yeah, Rocks yeah. a lot. Um, I like Casper. I like his energy. Um, yeah, they, to be honest, those guys are probably, probably kind of old now too. But those are the guys that I kind of look to. There's a, there's a guy yeah. from Korea named Goblin. I think he's dope. Oh yeah, Goblin. He's yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the way he breaks it, he's like clean ass foundation. Like, but he like whips it, yo. I don't know, he's like. You yeah. know what I like about you know what I like about Goblin? His name actually like describes his style. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see like literally like, Goblin, bro. Oh, speaking of that, actually, how'd you get the name Flex? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was, uh, as I told you, the clubs back in the day, they played all kinds of music, right? So mm-hmm. they were playing reggae at the time, right? So those guys were dancing <laughs> reggae. So the circle was a reggae circle. And then it switched mm-hmm. to hip-hop. So then I started dancing. And then the, the reggae guys were still there. And they were kind of making fun of the breakings of, why are you guys breaking? It's the 90s kind of thing, right? And like, the <laughs> reggae guys, if you look back then, the style was these, these tank tops. They were kind of mesh tank tops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so these guys oh, were gosh. kind of dancing reggae. And they were like flexing in the circle. So then I said, okay, so I went in there, I did a windmill, I took off my shirt, then I just stopped and I flexed in front of the guy. I, I, was, I, was, I was ripped back in the day, right? So and then everyone then gives one, I'm like, yo, your name is Flex. That's your name. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, so, that's um, yeah, so that's how I got my name. But what I did with my style, though, of dancing or the way I do my freezes, I said, okay, what is a flex is when you tighten the muscle. So basically when I do a freeze now, I kind of, I, I do a move and I kind of hold it really tightly so that it's like a flex each freeze I do. 
I'm not going to hold a freeze for seven seconds, but I'm going to flex that freeze for one second. It's going to be tight and solid, you know what I mean? So. That's sick. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yo, those, those mesh shirts, I have. I was born in one of those. When I first came out the womb, my dad had to put me in one of those. Just to make sure. <laughs> he doesn't know, motherfucker. What the fuck? <laughs> you think I'm more Jamaican, bro. The, the mesh shirt is Jamaican fucking standard. Yeah, I'm, I'm so altered um, in, in regards to that. I didn't even know that was Okay, well, I'll teach you. I'll teach you, bro. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah, can, can, can you're still a guest. You're a guest in... Too, or that would be cultural huh? appropriation. As, as, if you can wear just a normal straight mesh shirt, but if it has a Jamaica flag like J-Rebels, you can't wear that. <laughs> Unless you go to Jamaica, you gotta go to, if you go to Jamaica, you can get it. If you go to Jamaica, you can get it. It's, you're, you're cool, but don't flex. But, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's sick. That's sick. That's a sick-ass name. I never knew how you got your name. I always wondered... Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's like a story that makes sense. Like, because most people, yeah. they kind of like came up with some BS and like, "Use my name now," but like, yeah. yo, that that makes sense. Yo, the the situation made sense, and, and people named you that as well, which is like important. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like a, yeah. I feel like now it's like a lot of people just name themselves, and like, there's no like elaborate story of how you got your name <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And then people each letter, each letter name means something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be some shit like that. Shit, yo. yo. So the next big topic, yo, UBL, yo. So Flex, how did you start? How did you and Jeff Reyes start UBL? Or because I listened to a bit of your podcast that you, that you guys, yo, shout shout to the UBL podcast, yo. I'm waiting for the next episode, yo. When you yeah, where's the next episode, episode man? <laughs> I'm waiting for Jeff. I'm always here, ready to do stuff. But, um, <laughs> so basically, what happened, like like I mentioned to you before, like um, like my 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 ex kind of left, and then I was a single parent, and I was doing my thing, and um. Jeff is actually cousins with Silence, who's in uh, Bag of Tricks. So basically, I've known Jeff from time. If you look at some of the old footage, you can see Jeff there watching what we were doing and stuff. Um, so basically, uh, his brother, Glenn, he was also breaking. You know, Glenn won the first Back to the Underground? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Shout out Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, Glendale. So basically, uh, he was still dancing. And then what happened after that thing happened to me, and then people found out about it. Glenn approached me and said, yo, Flex, let's go to a donut shop. I want to talk to you and stuff. So then he reached out to see how I was doing. And then, like, he's always been a very positive guy. I try to help people and stuff. And he just said to me, yo, Flex, if you want a million bucks, what would you do with the money? And I, the first thing I said, yo, I want to put some money into the B-Boy scene. I want to make sure that people can practice. I wanted to make a league where people paid dues to get into the league, but then when they win battles, they get the money back kind of thing. And I wanted to kind of make it so that it was like a universal B-Boy league where everyone just battle all the time and then you get stats. And then, basically, the people that win, we could try to get them to go to different competitions and whatnot. But for some reason, when we started, like there was a lot of hesitation, and like people thought, it was like, "Hey, what if this guy wants me to join the league and pay money? That like, I could just go to a rec center and break for free." And I mean, like, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, hesitation. But right now, if you think about now with the Olympics coming up, people are seeing you're seeing breaking leagues pop up everywhere now, yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, we were we were ahead of our time, but two ahead yeah, of our time. Yeah, no, yeah. the, the, the scene wasn't ready at that time, but now would be the yeah. time where they would be ready, kind of thing. Yeah. But right now, instead yeah. of doing that, I think Jeff's concentrating on uh, breaking Canada, which uh, will be the thing for the Olympics. He's yeah. working with uh, with Vicious and those guys. And so what's going to happen is basically UBL will become like my thing, like totally mine, and then he's going to be okay. doing the breaking Canada. So, oh, yeah. um, so we're transitioning that soon, so hopefully that's going to go on. I mean, we're starting with the t-shirts. Like I put out some t-shirts recently with Mark, and we're going to keep going with that. That's going to be our next actual question. What is the next step for UBL? What's the next? Uh, still going to be chance, but maybe main events, maybe. But 
Yeah, it's going to be the same pretty much. If I'm doing it, it's going to be more just kind of like uh, breaking, like jam-wise. I'm going to try to bring back the jam if I can, the way that I recognized it. So it won't be much competition. will be with Breaking Canada because that's going to be for stats. That's going to be for the Olympics. So that's different, right? So what UBL will be more like a community thing. It'll be more still competition-based, but at the same time, I'm going to try to make it more fun. I'm not going to – it's not going to be a serious – not gonna be like all like fancy. I'm, I'm, Jeff's not gonna be giving me the money to do that because might be going to the Breaking Canada stuff. Mm-hmm. So you'll be all be going more grassroots now, basically. <laughs> good, nice, good. cool. Yo, I mean, like, yo, we, we're also doing our something ourselves. Yo, the Breakers exhibition to us. Yeah. Yo, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna like talk about it and you know collaborate, yo, we're, we're always yeah. Well, about, yo. UBL is always open to collaborate, and like what I was even telling Jeff one time was that you know sometimes crews used to have anniversaries. And it was always weird because they'd have an anniversary, but they were the ones working the door and they were doing certain things. I said, yeah. you know what? Maybe you be all could come in at this thing and say, you know what? Just say uh, MEC had an anniversary. Let's run the MEC anniversary so they could actually be part of their own event and do their own thing. And we're running it. It's still their thing. And UBL has never been about money. We're not trying to make money off the scene or rip off any B-boys. We're just doing mm-hmm. things in a professional way. So that when people look at Toronto footage, they say, yo... They're doing it proper. They're doing it like silverback and whatnot. You know, yeah, that's so what we were trying to do. Like a big, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we want just to help out. We want to help out anybody. I mean, even now, with anything that we're doing, anyone's welcome to hop aboard. You just have to realize that we're either putting our own money in or that we're losing money. So like when you come in, it's not like you're coming in to get money. You're coming in to kind of work for something and your yeah. name goes on a project. It's not really. So if, if, yeah. If anyone has ever, ever had experience storing gems, you know that most of the time yeah. you always had a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's mainly for fun. <laughs> or like yeah. community basically yo, yo breaking gem yo people don't even, yo, people don't even want to spend five bucks to get in yo how, how are you gonna make money from <laughs> i had an idea for a jam that we didn't do yet or try um i was gonna call it the percentage gem mm. because you know everyone they always say oh i have to, like you know i'm i'm a judge i have to get paid this much i'm a dj i have to get paid this much i'm a breaker i have to get paid this. so what i said is that we should have a percentage gem so basically, it starts off like this. The people who pay money to come in, they pay money, and a percentage of that money goes towards the breakers, a percentage goes to the DJ, then it goes to that. So basically, it's a percent. And if you're a DJ or if you're a breaker, you have to promote that you're going to be at this event because the more people that show up is the more money you're going to make. You know what I'm saying? How could, how could, as a promoter, think about this. How could I pay a judge $500 and then a DJ whatever how much money and then have pay the prize money a thousand bucks, and then I throw an event, and a hundred people show up. That's not gonna, you know, yeah. you can't, yeah. You know, like do so much money, like it doesn't make sense. So in order to do it to make it fair for everyone, you make it a percentage. How important is a DJ? If there's no DJ, there's no event. So you kind of give them a percentage, mm-hmm. and a judge you give them a percentage. So then when each ticket comes in, then a promoter has to get a percentage too because they're the one putting up the money for the venue. So they have to get a percentage as well. And and if you're doing it for the love, you make your percentage a little bit lower so that everyone else can get more. So that's the whole idea of the percent jam is basically trying to get everyone paid and this way everyone kind of works because it's unfair for the promoter to promote by himself and not have the people that are doing it promoting it as well. Like, why would I hire a rapper to come if when he raps, no one else comes to my venue? If I have a rapper come, he better bring like 100 people, 200 people or more mm-hmm. because that makes it worth me paying him, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that, that, that's a, like, that, that would be a concept that would make sense in terms of like, uh, not, like, like be, be be making things like um like more fair like you, you're not yeah. bringing out a loss as well because if it's percentage basis like it's a commission basically you put in exactly the more, you put in the better the more you get 
Uh, one, th- one, thing we try, one thing we try to do, Bill, I don't know if uh, James and Ponton told you, at one of the main events we had where uh, he yeah. was battling, we, we gave people a percentage of the tickets. So, like, if Ponton brought, like, 10 friends, he'd get money back. Yeah. yeah. yeah was, so, yeah. basically, he had winning that main event, then getting money for the people he brought. <laughs> so Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I was there. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. So, yeah. like, James, back in the day, do you feel like you do you feel like breaking should uh, go back to having like a type of environment like that, or should it keep on going on how it's going right now, where it's mostly competition? Um, like, would I, I, you would you rather see it go back to like be more of like a party, or even like how people used to like how they used to break as like like <laughs> like the fifteen second rounds? <laughs> would you rather? Or would you rather continue on how it's going now? No, uh, I, I've always been a 50-50 kind of guy in the sense of that mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that old guy saying, oh, back in the day was better than today's shit. No, no. I, yeah. I'm kind of like, I did what I did back in the day and things evolved. But at the same time, I have my core beliefs and values. So for me to say I want things to go back, that's kind of weird because things already progressed, right? Yeah. <laughs> what I wish is that some of the B-boys wouldn't think of um, money over dancing. Like, I mean, let's put it this way. Back in the day, if I found out there was a hip-hop jam, I was there because I loved hip-hop and I wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there because, oh, the prize money's not enough. I don't like this judge. It's, like, kind of weird, you know? Like, <clears throat> Sorry. No, I don't have COVID. Don't worry. Back season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, double backs, yo. We're, all, we're so far away. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just wish the love for it would be there more than the, the money or the opportunity. Like, basically, just go because you like doing it. Like, you know, like, I think Trouble is going to have a couple jams with the prize, like, 200 bucks. I hope a lot of people show up to that, you know? Like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Wait, 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 hold on. Trouble's throwing a jam? <laughs> wait, what? I, I think it's coming up like at the end of the month. Yeah. Oh, okay. so are, we, are, are we allowed to say this now? Is, are, I, are I don't know. I just again? thought it yesterday. So. Are we fucking up again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're breaking news, yo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. It's cool, yo. It's cool. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah like, he, 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 he did a tribute shirt for me. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. We saw that. I won't it's say, a, like, I've, I've got that Rap City footage. Like, I remember that fucking, that intro trailer for Rap City. I used to always watch it. And it would be on the fucking, the, the white floor, the fucking chick with the fucking, the tank top and rap showing. And then it was you, boom, with the elbow freeze. I remember those, like, distinctly. That was, like, my childhood. It's like, and whenever we used to travel and do tours and stuff, people got to be, oh, my God, Flex, like, that freeze made me start breaking. I tried that freeze first and stuff, right? Yeah, dude, I, I thought that freeze was so fucking cool when I was, like, five years old or wherever old I was when I shouldn't have been watching rap videos. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, like, the Much Music, um, the, when Much Music used to have clubs, the club nights or something like that, and they yeah, used to yeah. show it, yeah, and you guys used to break on the Much Music thing, yeah. that shit was so sick when I was, like, a kid. A quick thing about it, since you brought that up too is like um people t- they use the word sellout and stuff in the wrong way in my opinion like I think if just say you go on TV and you dance you're not a sellout if you go on TV and the producer says yo I need you in a thong and I need you to do this and this and you do it <laughs> then you're a sellout yeah but if, if you go on TV and you rep yourself rep yourself to the fullest then you're not a sellout you're just making your 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 art available to more people you know what I mean like exactly. You gotta make if you wanna you everyone wants to make money off their art, bro. If everyone could make make money off breaking, it'd be a lot more people breaking right now. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So like, and, but then they're gonna be able to sell out because they're doing Coca Cola commercials. It's like, you know, uh, shut up. if the Coca Cola makes them do weird things, then that's a sellout. But if they actually yeah. dance the way they dance and they can do their signatures, yeah, then it should be fine. Nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's leading to that. People are trying to say like they want to start like a, a, a like a breaking union to like try and get, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, Gravity said that, but then Gravity's also talking shit about people not owning a house. So I don't know yeah. if Gravity's what I want to do. <laughs> a breaking union would be dope, but at the same time, it's it's kind of hard because the there's, there's breaking superstars and there's people that break for a hobby and then there's people that kind of just mm-hmm. do the worm and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. you have a union and someone's paying dues. This guy doing the worm is going to get the same pay as the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be like, you're going to have it for like the people who are like the professionals, like the whole monster team. Like it, it would have to be like there's teams that could be an Adidas team, the monster team, the rebel team. And then like they're in the union and then like they do like all the big stuff. Or the like people who are in that, basically. Yeah, you have to have like a profession. It's like when you're like in a union and you're you're a carpenter or something. Like you have to be yeah, certified yeah. and then you can get in. It's like yeah. you got to have a certification for breaking, which I will absolutely fail the written exam. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like the whole life. thing going back to the UFC again. Like, like if, for example, like if you're a breaker and then you break and then it doesn't do nothing to the needle, it's kind of hard to pay you that much. But if you're like a Conor McGregor, that you mm-hmm. do something and you bring in a lot of money, then of course you'll get more money you than the average. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what I, well, can, I, can I share one more thing? Um, yeah, for sure. What I wanted to do, which I never got to do yet, it was an idea. I wanted to do kind of like um, something like uh, the Ultimate Fighter, but like a breaking, mm-hmm. like a YouTube thing. B-boy but like house, it, right? Yeah, a B-Boy house where they could have and, battles and then basically... And the stories can be told because mainly if you notice uh, all these things that succeed there's always a story behind something right mm-hmm. so once you get a story and then the, the regular the average viewers would get to know this person they feel invested so when that guy breaks they actually care about his breaking whereas if you throw a breaking battle people will look at it unless it's junior or something. This guy, i don't care about that i mean it's, it's even like yeah, yeah. now like people don't care about like the other people uh, or like the undercard because they don't know who they are but if they know who this person is they want to see whatever exactly so like yeah, if you guys are down, you could do that. If you do that, I could help you guys with that as well. I mean, like, we're, we're always down to help each other. Like, I mean, I think there's more than enough things that everyone could do whatever they're doing and just do it together. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that would be that would be cool. You know, if one of us, yo, know, one of this is a shout out to anybody. If one of us becomes super rich or we get into like a <laughs> into broadcasting or something, we put the idea out for like a breaking house and then <laughs> you get to like you get the sob stories, you get the like the fake beef. <laughs> Everyone has to stay in the same house. The house probably smells like ass because no one showers and breaks. <laughs> <laughs> smells like old shoes and bo. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that'd be, the, that'd other be way, the other way. The way breaking is, yo, it's gonna be more Asian people coming from Markham, you know, with privileged, privileged life. Doc. <laughs> 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 no, I'm yo, Drake wants to get good again. You gotta get back to black people again. Oh shit. Oh yeah, and then uh, you were asking about notable wins. I beat Mike Del Mundo deadly oh. in a battle. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, know, you, you know why I beat beat him though? The only reason why I beat him because Mike used to be a power move guy, right? Mm. And then he, then he was transitioning into doing style. And what mm. happened was I when I battled him, we battled at a club called Blackjacks, and he was just in the middle of transitioning. So basically, he was starting his footwork stuff. And then basically he had his power, but he'd been practicing footwork for a bit, but he wasn't there yet. So when mm-hmm. I battled him, it's like he wanted to respond, but then he, when he responded with power, it was rusty. And then when he tried yeah. to style, it wasn't there yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, and you know what the prize was? I won twenty five dollars and a lighter that it was engraved "Breaking Champ." <laughs> <laughs> you still have that lighter? 
Yeah, I still have the letter. It is basically it was a club in Scarborough called Blackjack. It was like a, a, a Chinese, like a Asian mafia type club. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's freaking sick. And I didn't even enter as Flex because what happened was I, I found out the competition. I walked into the thing. I, I entered as Greg. Because Greg, that's my real name. So I entered, I entered as Greg. Then I, then I walked out and I asked the guy, when's the competition going to be? So then no one knew I was there. And then when yeah, I came in and Mike found out in the end I was battling him, I was like, yes. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> I know, win is a win. Yo, that's a good win, yo. Yeah. Damn, he's a legend, yo. He works for Marvel right now, too. You be someone that worked at Mar working at Marvel. Dog. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, yeah, Mike, Mike is dope. I, I, I consider Mike one of the, the kings of Toronto. Like, I have yes. a, a label where I call someone's the king of Toronto when you go out and you make noise and you're bigger than your city. You know what I'm saying? Like... So I put Gizmo as a king, me as a king. Like, I, I have to put Dizzy as a king. He made noise. Well. <laughs> it's like, um, just so you know, I, me and Dizzy get along. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Those beasts, beasts within the crew and everything's settled now. But like, I look at him as a, as a rival. Like whenever I run with Dizzy, I dance better than I normally do because I want to prove my point of view. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, so me, yeah. That, all that, that old beef that I heard is dead now. Yeah, it is. It's done. Yeah. Especially after after Rust in Peace, after Mouse passed away, uh, yeah. to EJ, and he's just like, yeah, we all they show like Bag Trip showed up, and I was like, oh, respect, like it's over now, it's hundred uh, percent over. Yeah, that's like the ending of a movie, yo. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's it's over, but look, just so, just so you know, I, even though everything's over, like I still think that we have different ways of viewing biting. So oh yeah, it, yeah. So it, even if someone does a move and I think it's a bite, I'm not going to go on that person heavy now because we squashed it. But at the same time, I, it's like a different religion. I do my things my way. Like I explained to you, yeah. how I do thing, and they do it that way. But in the end, we're all dancing, so it doesn't make a difference. And if yeah. I do call someone a biter in a battle, it's just a battle thing. It's not that I hate them or anything, you know? Like Yeah. It's more of like a, a now thing, like a, a current gen of thinking. Yeah. It's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, so speaking speaking of like battling, when is what is I don't know, favorite question. What is the time when you've smoked somebody? Like outright just destroyed them? And what's the time you've been smoked? Uh -huh. Um, okay. I was smoked I battled J Rebel and Dizzy at the same time. So wow. basically I got I got smoked. <laughs> not wait, okay. So there were, it ended up going like like it ended up going like seven or eight rounds, right? But I, I, I could swear I won the first three rounds, and I've been begging TJ for this footage because there's footage out there, yeah, but no one's giving it to me. Yeah, and the reason why they're not giving it is I know the people in the background of the camera are probably talking shit about me. Oh, fuck, flex, fuck that guy. They don't think <laughs> give me the footage, so you probably hear the voices, right? But at the same time, what happened was I was training a guy named Vital, right? Vital mm -hmm. for Apex Crew, and then while I was training him, like he ended up hurting his leg, and we went to a jam, and then Skittles called him out. Right, and because yeah. he couldn't, he could barely walk. He's like, "No, I can't go." And then me, as his mentor, I'm like, "Yo, fuck this." So then Dizzy thought it was gonna be me and Vital versus J Rebel and him. So Dizzy jumped in. So then they kept on coming at me, but then Vital can't go in because he's injured. So then it was me mm -hmm. versus the two of them. And yeah, in the end, I lost that one because yeah, I can't Dizzy and J Rebel. It's just me. I, but I do think I won the first three rounds, but then after that, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And that's also at the yeah, time I was, yeah, I was, I was older and I wasn't even breaking as much, to be honest. Yeah, you can't get smoked if it's two v one. If, yeah. if it's just you by yourself, that, that already like levels you up to like, like you know, like you're by yourself versus two mans. Like yeah. I don't know, like getting smoked there. I don't know about um, that one. When's the, when's the time you didn't you smoke somebody then? And then there's uh there's a b boy named T Rex out of Brampton. Like, uh, yeah, so what happened was uh, there was two events going on in Toronto. 
there was a DJ Red Alert going on to the concert hall. So Gizmo and those guys went there. And then me and Benzo and Queso and them went to the, the other nightclub um, in Mississauga. And there was a breaking comp- competition there. So what ended up happening was, like, Brampton, Mississauga, they're kind of close by. And the crowd was with him. And there was no judges. And they, me and T-Rex are battling in the battle. And then basically, he, he okay, we, I, bet I beat him in my opinion. But the crowd and the judges, or the crowd just judges him and he got it. But then I went to the <laughs> cypher and I smoked him. And everyone knew I smoked <laughs> him. And then, <laughs> so that's how I'd say it. that's the smoke thing there. But like, yeah, that was my best smoking there. My battle T-Rex. Because he oh, was yeah. an old school guy. He did like the same popping and he did breaking. So we had a, a really interesting battle basically back then. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yo, TJ, let's see that footage, TJ. We know you're watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna see it today. Yo. We're gonna we're gonna get that footage from you. Yeah, bro. we'll find out. We'll be talking to you. We're gonna perplex, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we'll get it perplex. Yo, let's go. Wait, right. I, I even I even told him I said, yo, give me the footage minus the audio. I don't care what you guys are saying about me on the camera. Just just the footage. I need the footage. Yeah, the beefs are over, bro. You can't get mad. The beefs over now. Yeah. <laughs> can't go uh, back yo, to yo, war. Yo, was that shit that Connor said when he was on the ground yesterday? It's not over. Yeah. yeah Doctor stoppage. Doctor stoppage. <laughs> yo, it's gonna be it's gonna be like that, yo. Yeah, so for on our end, that's all the questions we have, and we have a few fan questions, so let's get just jump straight into that, yo. So first question yeah. asks What are some pros and cons you've seen throughout the years in in T dot breaking scene? Um, okay, pros would be everyone's level going up. Um, cons, um, I don't think I mean, yes, everyone, people are getting their signatures and stuff, but I think originality has kind of gone a little bit back because people already know a Toronto style where I don't see people pushing the boundaries of, I want to make new Toronto style now. It's kind of like they're doing the old Toronto style and like they're still being original because it is Toronto style, but then I want to see some new generation breakers come up with their own signatures that become foundation. You know what I mean? Like, so pros, everyone's level is going up, but the cons are, I think, originality is sliding a little bit down. Makes sense, yes. And that's, that's a good transition to the next topic, yo. So how has the Toronto style changed since you were coming up? Um, the weird thing is, uh, I wouldn't, I never call it Toronto style. I call it bag of tricks, though. <laughs> because, uh, basically, <laughs> you, there's, there's a video Dizzy did on Strife Television where he's breaking down Toronto style. And when he breaks down every style, it's basically each member from my crew. There's a guy that slithers like a snake. That's my that's Tony Steez. There's a guy that ticks, that's Tic Tac. There's a guy that's like a Buddhist monk, that's Buddhist monk. So basically, if you think about it, all the styles that came from Toronto are from my crew. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Supernats does threads, and they do it their way, and that's their complex threading style. But that's their thing, but it kind of did come from our stuff first. I mean, like, <laughs> not no beef or nothing, I'm just saying. You know what I mean, like, they did yeah, facts, baby. You want to peel the back, son. Lego <laughs> leg, you know what I mean? Lego leg, there you go. Yeah, Vic, so, yeah, that's the shit. All right, yo. So next question. Yeah, so, so who 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 were your rivals in the Toronto scene? Like, I guess in terms of individual b boys, because we did mention and talk about the crews. But who were you, like your individual rivals back then? Back then, there was a guy named Styles from Intricate. I used to battle him quite a lot, but um, we were actually friends, so it wasn't like it wasn't an intense battle. It was kind of like, yeah, I got you this time. Uh, Jedi used to battle me almost every week. Oh my god, that guy! He, he was a rival. Because when Jedi was starting out, like every time he learned a new move, he'd battle me. He said, yeah, I'm going to throw this move in Flex's face. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It works. Like, See, this is dope. Yeah, he's, he's a real battle cat because anywhere. And I'd always have to be ready anywhere. So, like, uh, it's Kenny Station, I'll battle him. I'll battle him in different places, right? Damn. So, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, who like, else? Hey, it's um, Flex. Yo, yo, they were battling right. Like, we used to see each other yeah. on the street. 
Well, I, well, I, I used to still, I, I used to, and I still do it. Sometimes I'm, I dance at a station or something, and I'm like, not, not if I'm listening to something and I get hype, I'll start top rocking a bit, not full out top rocking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! And then last question. That, that's how me and Jedi met. Me and oh, Jedi yeah, so met, you guys met saw each other, like dancing. Yeah, like oh, he saw me at Kennedy Station and I was dancing, and he walked up on oh, top rock. He goes, "Yo, yo, b boy." I'm like, "Yeah." Then he's like, "Let's go," and then we started battle. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> I'm on my way to my job interview. I can't do this. <laughs> Actually, I heard I heard that from somebody. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yo. yeah. I swear I heard. I swear I heard someone give a story of like they're on their way to a job interview and they oh uh, that was I think that was Melissa's story. That was TJ who told me. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, no, we'll get when we get TJ on, he'll tell that story. But yeah, right, 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 <laughs> he was on all those ways of job interview. True. All right, your last question: Where does the name Bag of Tricks come from? Uh, like I mentioned in that story, uh, as I said, Gizmo, Tic Tac, and Flyer. Flyer is a girl, by the way. Um, they were like uh, dancing, and basically, and then Gizmo, and then Benzo, Tony, uh, Magic, and Queso, they were dancing, and they're friends with DJ Grouch, and they battle each other at the same club. And then Twice, who's the MC for uh, those guys, Benzo and them, they saw it, and they kind of knew each other. They said, yo, these guys are a bag of tricks. That's how that happened, so... Because wow. each guy in Bag of Tricks has a different style, so that's why they say Bag of Tricks, Bag of Different Styles. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Everyone breaks different. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It, it, we break different. There's a, there's a show that we did for Nautica, and it was so dope. We didn't even, like, uh, they basically paid us to go do some, like, a, a fashion show thing, right? We didn't make up the oh, showcase. Shit. We freestyled the showcase when we got there, and it was so funny. When, we ended, when I look at the tape, even though we have different moves, the way we danced, you could tell we were part of the same crew. Like, someone would top rock, and then someone would freeze, and someone would top rock. So it, it actually looked exactly like we choreographed it, but we didn't. It just happened that oh, way. Yeah. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. That's sick. All right, yeah, that's I feel like that was, like, that's, like, that's like an older, like, uh, like a original fucking older version of, like, Toronto dancers, where everyone break different. Like, you would see their, like, shot. Like, I heard from, like, Lego yeah, say, like, but... back in the day, like, People, yeah, you see their silhouette and you would know exactly who that is. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not really like that no more. Like a little bit now, it's a little bit, it's a bit more generic now. But yeah, one of one of the one of the tricks that we used to do too is that when we were practicing a bag of tricks, like just say we were practicing your six step, we'd say, okay, then how can we do the six step differently? Like anything mm-hmm. that you learn basically or foundationally, you could always flip your foundation and then. That becomes your signature, right? Even though it's based on a on a foundation move, you can basically flip it and make it your version of doing that move. You know what I mean, like, all right. Oh shoot! One last question before we get out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, what is like a way uh, you and or you and your crew used to like create? What was like a yeah, like a rule of thumb? Like I heard the rule of threes. Um, like what are some of like the like in your like when you go to practice and you want to like try and create some new shit? What would be your process? Okay, so everybody has it differently. For, for me, it was kind of uh, kind of like we I had video cameras back then, of course, right? So we'd set up a video camera and tape the whole practice. But at the same mm-hmm. time, our practices wasn't like I'd go in and do one move. It was like a cipher that you'd practice. And then sometimes you'd repeat. Because a move that you don't have perfected yet, bag of tricks, we say you can repeat that move until you get it perfect, basically. So if I'm yeah, cipher, yeah, yeah. I'll be doing it over and over again until it becomes perfect. So... As you're ciphering and as you're freestyling, that's and you know you get hype, you battle each other. Sometimes you do moves that you don't even know, and then that's when your friends and your your crew tells you, "Yo, that was dope. Do this this way." Then we we take note of that, go back, look at it on the video, and then say, "Oh, we could do this this." And then we kind of like we freestyle to create, but at the same time, if there's a video camera, you can record it mm. and then look back at it, then do it. 
And also, we also use the re rewinder stuff and do stuff. When you look in rewind, it's, it's different, right? I'm trying to do that as that way as well. So. Oh, shit. That's pretty cool. I never thought of that. You have something to take right, the right session on. today, yo. Let's do it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to film my stuff. I hate filming my stuff. But right, but yeah. the, the thing is, okay, like, uh, when we freestyle, like, just say like, they, they knew I had a certain song with my song. They put that song on, and I'd go crazy because, like, we were a bunch of kids, and you hear your song, like, yeah, and you go crazy. Yeah, and yeah. When you're doing that freestyle, sometimes you try a move you can't do, and you end up doing another move. Like, there's a move that I do. It's one of my signature moves where I kind of place my hand on the ground, then I point, and then I duck under, right? And it looks oh, like yeah, I turn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that move, how I made that move was I was like, yo, Giz, I'm going to try to do a 1990 to a windmill. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. <laughs> I ended up twisting. And then the next, you know, uh -huh. like, yo, that's a dope move. And I get this kept on doing it. Yeah, I, so I, 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 know, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that move is sick. Yeah. And that, because I'm bigger now, it just looks like I'm rolling down to the ground. <laughs> <But> <laughs> When I was younger, is actually I put planted in my hand, and when I pointed, you saw me rotate and then come down, right? But now it's kind of like boom into this roll, right? This is weird. Oh, okay. Now you're still sick for being for being big, man. You're still my inspiration for a big me boys, bro. I'm gonna be just like you. <laughs> I I just think the only reason why I can still do stuff is because I never stopped, right? It's not like I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if I stopped and then gained more weight, then I, of course I wouldn't be able to do it. But because my body is bigger now and I'm still dancing, I can carry my weight, so it's easier. So when you see someone like B Boy Dummy doing air flares, I'm yeah. assuming you could do air flares before he was big. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, yeah. It's a lifestyle, baby. So the the breaking never stops. <laughs> yeah, I remember what that never breaked and was big. And then they break and they get it because it's hard to lift your weight when you never did it that way. But if you exactly, were a breaker, yeah. you probably can't do it. Muscle memory. Yeah, bro. Muscle yeah, when memory, I was like, yes. when I was like first starting, I was like 225. And I remember I seeing you, I was like, all right, I still have a chance. I can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. check this out. No excuses. I work at Apple, right? Say this card, it says flex on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit>. nice. <laughs> That's yeah, my, my yeah. business card at work. Yo, Gregory is your slave name, bro. Flex is your real name now. Speaking of that, you know my last name? My last name is Chiatao. It's not a real Chinese name. Mm -hmm. Because I'm Chinese Guyanese, right? So what oh, happens is... Like, oh, my, okay. yeah, so my father's father is from Canton, right? So my father's father went to Guyana, which is in South America. And then back then it was a British colony. And they probably said to him, yo, what's your name? And he probably said something in Chinese. And they probably said, wait, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm going to call you John. <laughs> your name is John. And then the, how do you say your last name? And when he said it, they spelled it out in English. But it's not the Chinese name. It's probably whatever they thought he said, right? So, Chiatao. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not real Chinese. But I am Chinese, though. I'm Chinese guy. Oh, my, my mom God. is Portuguese Indian. Yeah. So it was, it was, like, the, cool, it, it was the cooler version of me. He's Chinese Jamaican. <laughs> right? so, uh, I'm Chinese Jamaican. That's where you get the flavor from. You get it from the from the Latin flavor, the Latin South American flavor, and a little bit of that creeping put on top of that. Yeah. Come on, dog. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, that's why we gotta hate these fucking British in these fucking Euro 2020 right now. Your British that's Knights, bro. <laughs> what do you mean? Your flex used to be part of the British Knights, yo. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> fucking England. England ain't winning. They're done. They're off one. It's over. It's not gonna happen, bro. I'm gonna see my boys come back. All right, baby. On that <laughs> note, that's all the questions that we have. Flex, would you like to yeah, give yeah. a shout-out to anyone? Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, give a shout-out to all the breakers in Toronto and Canada for sure. Canada's doing really well. I saw Phil in that skills meter. That was, he was crazy in that. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, like, again, basically my crew, Bag of Tricks, the old school crew is, like, intricate. Um, uh, Supernats, of course. 
Boogie Brat's Top Secret. Um, who else was bad? Frag Fraggle Rock, uh, GI, MEC. Uh, of course, the crews I like Apex, Back to Basics, uh, Third Degree. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Un uh, Orc. <laughs> uh, unknown floor force and yeah those, like everybody in the new scene like i mean um like, yeah, Hoginga, that um who was the other crew before uh psycho right yes like yeah, psycho they were they were the scarborough uh that was a scarborough yeah. next gen <laughs> i used to go to a lot of those practices oh yeah i was shout out the floodgates he used to be apex as well i took yeah. it yeah, yeah I, I felt kind of weird because he learned from uh puzzles and he learned from deadly mike then he learned from me so I was like, oh my god, throw all that puzzle stuff away. I'm gonna teach you some different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> no, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, puzzles is dope too. I like puzzles, one of my favorites too. Yeah, yo. Shout out to puzzles. Alright, yo. And all all right, man. Note, yo, that's it's just breaking episode 32 with the legend Flex. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, I know we just scored. Let's go. Woo! <laughs> no, no, no. Bro, come on. Out, yo. Peace. <laughs>